Hey, before I jump right in, I want to take care of some family business here. A um, couple quick updates. First, um, I know I've been talking about the polls coming down for the last two years, um, but on June the 9th, they're going to switch over all the electrical work stuff. It all goes to a new converter, and, uh, and that means uh, by June the 10th, they'll be ready for those polls to come down. <clears throat> if they're not down by June the 15th, anybody have any chainsaws? We'll get over here and we'll take care of business ourselves and Duke can pick them up in the parking lot. Um, but yeah, the polls are coming down pretty soon here, which is going to be great. Really, really exciting. It'll make a big difference on the property. Just wanted to give you that update. Um, most of the things are pretty much accomplished. The electrical work, the roof needs to have the poles down to finish up that roof back there. So um, hopefully by the end of June, the bigger projects will be accomplished. That's one thing. Second, if you're new here this morning, just turn, tune me out for a second. Um, <clears throat> but we, I want to make sure that I update you financially. Uh, first quarter was, was very good, actually. Um, April, May was a little shaky. May has been so-so. And I think a lot because of the, the, the uh, graduations going on. You can even see first service this morning was like people sitting all over the place. And uh, I think, you know, second service is a little lower because we got people going to graduations and getting prepared and having parties and all those kinds of things. But it's been going on for the last couple of weeks, and that, that affects us financially. So I just want to encourage you. Um, we don't pass around the offering plate here at Grace Chapel, but we need to about be about $2,000 over budget this morning. So if you've, been, if you've come and you haven't been here for a little while and you want to catch up, you're thinking, should I really catch up? The answer is yes, catch up, okay? There's a box here and a box over there. That would be really helpful so then Pastor John and I don't have to sit around and figure out, okay, now here's what we have. We're not an old church. We don't have a lot of extra money just sitting around the bank. So what we get in on Sunday mornings is pretty much what we, we run the church with during the month. So I just want to encourage you there. Also, if you're here for the first time, you know, in the morning, I, I talk about filling out your family news bulletin, and most people who are here for the first time aren't here at that time. So I want to encourage you this morning, in your family news bulletin, there's a card, a welcome card, to fill that welcome card out and just take it to the welcome center when you first came in this morning, and we want to we wanna encourage you and give you a special gift, and we're just so glad to have you here this morning. All right, we are on the final Sunday of a series that I, I have really enjoyed doing. And I know that has truly impacted many people's lives because of the phone calls and the emails and just getting together with you and talking through some of the things that have been happening in your life. That series is the power of brokenness, learning to succeed with scars. And, this, and again, this morning is the last Sunday for this series. Next week, we start a new series called Summer to Serve. And uh, that should be exciting. A lot of opportunities there. Um, I think it's going to be a dynamic summer for us. A lot of times we kind of gear down in the summertime. We're ramping it right up. We're going to have this place decorated for the whole series uh, for the entire summer. So I'm excited about next week and what God's going to do. But I'm even more excited about this morning and how God's going to move in our lives this morning. The power of brokenness. You know, why is it? Why, why do we have such a powerful desire in our lives to, to, uh, to succeed? Why is there such a powerful desire to succeed in life? Why is it that we fight so hard against the limitations that other people try to put on us? I mean, human beings do not like limitations. We limit ourselves sometimes, and that's something we need all, all need to work on, but we don't like it at all when other people limit us. Why is it that we pursue knowledge? Why is it that we long to understand our place in this world? 
Why is it that we strive so hard to be set apart? And I'm not talking about arrogance or, you know, I want to be number one. I'm just talking about that human spirit and that desire to be set apart and to know your place in this world, to understand how you fit into it all. Why is that desire so powerful in the human spirit? It's because we were created for eternity and that we have a dream that we're all pursuing. We all have a specific dream that we're pursuing in each of our lives. God has created us that way for eternity. And that dream, those dreams are there. Everyone has a dream. Now, they may be dormant in your life, but they're still there. They may have been crushed at one point in your life, but they still linger. As I was writing this, I was thinking, why is it that Disney World is so successful? The Disney Corporation, Disney World itself, Disney in Florida, we'll use that one. Why is it that Disney is so successful? Well, I, I, for me, I, I look at it and I, and I say, they, they, have a, they have a saying, it's the dr- place where dreams come true. They call themselves the place where dreams come true. If you come here, we're going to open up your mind, your heart, and you, this is a place where all your dreams can come true. And that has an impact on people's lives. It, it pulls people in. They've tapped into a biblical truth and they've ridden it all the way to the bank because that is part of who we are. We all dream. We start dreaming as children, and those dreams never really die. We never give up our dreams or dreaming. You, know, you start when you're young, but you're still dreaming. You're still dreaming as you get older. Now, I'm not talking about, when I'm talking about dreams, I'm not just talking about pie-in-the-sky thoughts. You know, we think about, you know, all oh, these incredible thoughts. I'm not just talking about pie-in-the-sky thoughts. I'm talking about a compelling vision of what we can do, what God can do in and through us if we just give ourselves to him, if we allow him to work in and through us, what we are capable of doing. That's what we're talking about this morning. If we could just, if we could just grasp God's eternal perspective and unleash, unleash, unleash the power of our brokenness, That's what I'd like to see us do this morning. And that's what I want to see us do throughout this series. I wanted to see us unleash the power of our brokenness. T.E. Lawrence said this, Everyone dreams, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds awaken to find that it is vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men that they may act out their dreams with open eyes and make them possible. I love that concept dangerous dreamers, dangerous dreamers. And in our next series that we'll go through, we're going to see if we can, if we can live out, if we can pull out and we can live out some of those dreams that we have, bring them to the surface and see if we can actually pull them off, bring those dreams to reality. You know, throughout history, we we read about, we think about, we talk about these, these dangerous dreamers, men and women who have such an incredible faith, and such an incredible desire to live out the plan that God has for them. Men and women of incredible faith who are willing to risk their lives many times to live the eternal plan that God has for them. And it is not just about being a visionary. That's not what we're talking about this morning. It's not just about people with vision. All of us have a desire for more in life, regardless of who you are here this morning. Regardless of your personality, you want more from life. You want to do more. You want to become more. 
You want to experience more. That is the way that God designed each one of us. We look beyond the now. It's incredible. It's the reason that people stare up at night at the stars and wonder. It's the reason that we can look and think beyond our present circumstances, that we can look to the future. It's the reason that when people are, are in, in, in our culture or in other cultures are limited by others, that we find it to be unjust and in, inhumane. When someone is suppressed or oppressed, we as human beings respond to that and we think in our hearts, regardless of what culture we come from, that that is unjust and inhumane. Why is that? Because we have such a desire. We were created with a desire to want more, to do more, to be more, to become more than what we are. Now, before I move on, I want to be really, really clear here this morning. When when I talk about dreams, I'm not just talking about these out-of-the-world ideas. You know, you think about dreaming, you think, oh, these out-of-this-world ideas. That's That's not just what we're talking about this morning. I'm talking about whatever dreams God has placed on your heart. Listen, simple, attainable, meaningful, purposeful dreams. Those dreams might be as simple as, you know what, I want to be, I want to have a better marriage. My dream is to have a stronger and better marriage. My dream is to be a better dad than my dad was to me. My dream is to be a better mom. My my dream is to impact and affect just one person's life. I just want to build into one person's life and see that person transform. That is my dream. It's as simple as that. You know, my, 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 I have a dream. I have a dream. And the greatest, it's my greatest dream. And my greatest dream in life is to build a legacy for my family. Now, I'm not criticizing the the generations that came before me. You know, there was brokenness there and there, you know, people tried to do the best they could, but it wasn't what I dreamed for my family. And my greatest dream is that one day I will be able to build a legacy where, where the next generation can look to us, to Deb and myself, can look to us and feel proud and, and, and look to us for, for, for answers and guidance as they go through their lives. You know, I didn't have that, you know, great-grandfather, grandfather, or grandmother, you know, all the way down. I didn't have that, 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 and that's something I desire in my life. That's a dream that I have. And I encourage you this morning that even if you don't have that in your life, you can create that in your life. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, as God works in you to build you into the man or the woman that he's created you to be, you can create that in your life. You know, you say, well, my grandfather was like this, and my father was that, or my grandmother, or my, or my mother. You know, that's a, you, you think that way, but now what happens when you become the grandmother or the grandfather? What's your excuse going to be? God has given each one of us the opportunity to build that. Some of you are younger here, sitting here this morning, and, and you don't have that in your family. I may tell you something. It may take you years. I have, two grown, I have two grown and now married daughters. And everyone, every, you know, every month goes by, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be a grandpa. I can't wait to be a grandpa. You know why? One of the biggest reasons I can't wait to be a grandpa? Because it will be the fulfillment of a dream. That, that was the dream, the first dream I ever had as a Christian, that I want to be a better husband and a better father. And that dream continued to grow into when, one day I'm going to be a grandfather. And I will be that person at the top rung on the ladder in a sense. 
and I can be the grandfather who will leave a legacy, and I can be the grandfather who builds in spiritual truth into my children and my grandchildren, and then I could be a, maybe a great-grandfather if the Lord lets me, you know, be here that long, and I can see, I can see generations. That is a dream that I have had. So for, for me to be a grandfather one day, when, when you hear that I'm a grandfather, you'll know it is the fulfillment of the greatest dream that I've ever had in my life. So when we talk about dreams here this morning, we're not just talking about, you know, those what we can do over here and what we can do over there. Sometimes it's as simple as, you know what, I just want to be a better mom. I want to be a stronger dad. I want to invest in the lives of my children. That is the kind of dream we're talking about this morning. And I would argue, I would argue that the fulfillment of that dream alone, that dream alone is worth striving for, is worth talking about. The fulfillment of just what we just what I just described is worth striving for. You know, when you hear a sermon like this, so many about dreaming, so many people will turn off their minds and they'll think something like, well, this doesn't really apply to me. That's why I said what I just said. You think it doesn't apply to you because you're not a visionary. You're not a dreamer. You know, I think we put tags on people sometimes and then everybody else who's not as much of a visionary or much of a dreamer, they just kind of lay those, oh, that's, a, that's for those dreamer visionaries. I'm more of an implementer. I'm more of this person. I'm more of that person. No, 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 no. Think again. It doesn't take a person to be a visionary here this morning. It takes a person who has desire and is filled with the Holy Spirit. That's who I'm talking about. People with desire, people filled with the Holy Spirit. Because where do true spiritual dreams and visions come from? They've come from God. And from eternity, God has placed those dreams and those visions in your hearts, regardless of who you are. So what other people are more visionary-ish than you? They have bigger dreams or whatever the kind of thing may be. The reality is God has placed those dreams and visions in every one of our hearts, and they come from the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says all of us are created in the image of God, all of us. From eternity, you're created in the image of God. Psalm 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, every single one of us. The Bible says that it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. God is going to use you. At the moment of creation, God placed within you a dream and a vision that, is a, that has eternal elements to it. It's a dream that will take the rest of your life and beyond to fulfill. The God of the universe has designed us in such a way that our dreams will last forever. I mean, it, they echo in eternity. They don't end with you. Someone else builds upon the dream that you have for your life. I can be honest. You know, I, I see Brian's here today, and uh, Brian and I work with SSE. I'm not sure if Chuck's here today, but a lot of us work with self-sustaining enterprises. We built that out of our church. And it, here's the reality. I hate to make you feel bad, Brian, but... The reality is that most of us working, most of you will not see the, will not sit under the tree of the seeds that we planted. We'll see some amazing things happen, but it will be our children who see the amazing results of the things that we're doing right here today. That's okay. We had a dream to do some things around the world. We have a dream to build a church in our own community. And we will see amazing things, but we won't see it all because our children will build upon our dreams and they will be able to see not only what we have done, but what they are accomplishing as well and then their children and their children's children. But God has given us a dream in our hearts that will last forever. God has woven into the fabric of each of our lives threads of greatness and significance. 
And we all have a part to play. God calls us all to play a specific role. We need, we, 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 and here's the amazing thing. I say that and you say, you know, I, I, I feel, I felt that at one time or another in my life. I felt that before. I know, I know that there's more to me than meets the eye. Every single human being at one time or another feels that way. You may have been beaten down, but when, in, in the quietness of your own heart, you know that there's more to you than meets the eye. You feel that significance. You feel that, that, the, that created in the image of Godness. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 confirms it. It says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind, ha- listen to this, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Does it say that no, no ear has heard, no mind, that for those, God has prepared all these unimaginable things for those people who are visionaries? For those who are exceptional dreamers? It's not what it says. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has for those who love him, what he has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him? That is the question. If you love him, then that is written for you. Not written for the other guy. It's written for you. It's written for you and 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 for you. It's written for all of us. If we love him, God has prepared in advance, what we are going to do with our lives. God has prepared unimaginable things for us to do. Listen to me. This series is called The Power of Brokenness. Why? Because the enemy knows, the enemy knows this truth and the, and the outcome, the significance of this truth better than we do. You have to understand that your enemy, the evil one, knows this truth and the implications of this truth better than you do, better than I do. That's why our enemies spend so much time trying to keep us where we are when we go through that brokenness in our lives, when we're inflicted with suffering, when we go through and we have scars. That is why the enemy wants so much to keep us where we are, beaten down, frustrated, feeling overwhelmed, feeling insignificant, because our enemy knows that if we truly grasp the reality, the truth, that God can use those things, he understands the implications And the implications are amazing. They're incredible. When you understand that there is power in your brokenness, that you can can not only succeed with your scars, but your scars give you an advantage. Then, then, then that power, that dream will be unleashed in your life. When you recognize, my friends, not only can God use your scars to help you succeed, but listen to me, your scars are, are an advantage to you. Raise your hand if you know anyone over 50 years old, okay, or 40 years old in your life who is a great man or a woman of God who cruised through life, who has no stories of difficulty and tragedy and, 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 and pain and suffering in their lives. If you know anyone who's a godly man or a woman who's never had anything difficult happen in their life, they just became that person because they just were such a good, good, they're just such good folks. Raise your hand. Know anybody like that? Yeah, no, I don't have to look. No one's going to raise their hand because they don't exist. It is an advantage. The power of brokenness. Scars can be used as an advantage. They are an advantage. 
You know, it, it, it's too, totally amazing sometimes. We, we need to realize that God, God has given us those dreams and he wants to unleash those dreams. And that's why I call them dangerous dreamers because when you understand this concept, these dangerous dreamers, they, they are a force beyond comprehension. When someone figures this out, when a human being figures out that they not only can stand up after all that they've been through, but God can use them, God can bring beauty out of the ashes, that is a power beyond human comprehension. God has unimaginable things prepared for those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. God can do immeasurably more than all that you and I could ever ask or imagine. You've heard that before, and that is the truth. That is the truth of God's word. But the enemy doesn't want you to hear that. The enemy wants you to think something else. I can't do anything special because I'm just, I, I am, am damaged goods. I don't know how many times I've heard people say to me, oh, I'm just damaged goods. God can't use me. I'm just damaged goods. That's what the enemy wants you to think. The enemy wants you to think that, that I, I can't do anything special. I can't do anything unique. I can't do anything unimaginable. I can't do anything significant. I can't really reach out and change the world and help others. My goodness, you think to yourself, I can't even help myself. I can't even change myself. How on earth am I going to, to do these other things? I'm just beaten up. I'm just incapable. I've just been beaten down. You know, not only is that harm, harmful thinking to you emotionally, it's theologically wrong. It's wrong thinking. It's not only harmful emotionally and spiritually, it's theologically wrong. Because as ordinary as you and I think that we are, God is the master of taking ordinary people and doing extraordinary things with their lives. That is the God in whom we serve. Let me remind you of some of the simple people, some of the simple beginnings of the, of the people of God that we read about in his word. David was a shepherd boy who became a king. Gideon called his clan the weakest in Manasseh and called himself the least in his family, and God used him to lead his people to victory. Mary was a, was a, was a poor young girl who, because of her incredible faithfulness, was chosen to bear the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Peter... <laughs> Peter was an uneducated, stiff-necked fisherman who followed Jesus Christ when he was called, dropped his nets and followed Jesus Christ and was used to change the world. Look at the beginnings of their lives. No one can say, oh, of course they used this person. Of course they used that person. Of course they used this other person. This is the people that God uses. He takes the simple. God takes those who, who think of themselves as ordinary and they are, but he does something extraordinary with them. For each of these people, it was never the size of their reputation. It was never the size of their reputation, but the size of their faith that made the difference. It is always the size of our faith that makes the difference. God does not take people of incredible reputation that everyone else would think he will use those people if they'll humble themselves and give him the glory. But if you read the word of God, he takes the shepherd boy and turns him into the king, the poor young girl, and turns her into someone who would bear the son of God. He takes the person that says, I am the least, I am the smallest, 
I am the most insignificant and says, you may think that, but I have a great plan for your life. I'm going to do amazing things in your life. Their dream and their eternal and, and, and eternity is connected. Their dream and their faith is connected eternally. That is what makes them what they are. God using them in a powerful, powerful way. Listen to me. We are created in the image of God with unlimited potential, with imagination, unlimited potential, extraordinary passion running through our veins. That's who we are. We have all this running through our veins. And if we would just place our brokenness and our scars in the hands of the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, then we will see extraordinary things happen in our lives. The end result will be nothing short of incredible, of stunning. If we would turn over our brokenness and our scars to the one, to the God who raised his son Jesus Christ from the dead in that power, we will see things happen in our lives that will be nothing short of stunning. Yeah, please, someone. Yeah, yeah, people. Amen, right? Amen. That's the, that's the truth. That is the truth. That is the truth of your life. And again, it may not be something that you read about in Newsweek or see on CNN or Fox News or whatever, but it's something that you have in your heart, that dream you have in your heart to want more in your relationships that God is going to unleash. That's held you back. You don't have the dream of what you wanted all your life in your relationships because your brokenness and your scars have put you in a place where it's held you back and it's negatively affected those relationships. And what I'm saying to you this morning is turn that around. Give that brokenness. Give those scars over to God and let him do his thing. Let him turn that to your advantage. Let him use you. Let him use those things to make you the kind of person, the person that he has created you to be. Nothing in this world or anywhere else in all of eternity can thwart the will of God in your life if you just allow him to work in and through you. You end up adding, listen to this, you end up adding passion and compassion and and sympathy and empathy and sensitivity and grace and mercy and love, sacrificial love to unimaginable power. God has the unimaginable power and God adds those things. When you add those two things together, what he will do in your life with that unimaginable power, that is what gives you the strength. That is what allows you to see transformation. That is what God is going to use. God can take all of those things and use them for his glory and to his benefit. And if you can't see the eternal impact on your life and the lives of others, my friends, you're either blind this morning or dead. I love you. Anyone here? But you're either blind or dead. Anyone here? Anybody? Well, take a deep breath like this. I want to hear it. Take a deep breath. All right. See, no one's dead. Everyone's still alive. Okay, poke the person next to you just to make sure if they look like they're sleeping. But here's the thing. We are not, we are not dead here this morning. Do you, do you understand the unimaginable power? Do you understand the implications of what God can do in your life if you just allow him to? We were created for so much more. So why is it, my friends, that we are not accomplishing or achieving more? Here's the better question. Or even expecting more. Why is it that we are here this morning, we live our lives day after day, not expecting more from what God has created us to do? 
We, we need to expect more. Why is it? Why are we just going through life, living life without passion, without desire, without that spiritual drive? Why are we so indifferent about life? If I asked you this morning, are, 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 are you really alive? Do you feel alive? I mean, feeling alive. If, if I said to you, each individual, do you feel alive? Are you living out the dream that God has placed on your heart? Most of us, all, everyone would want to say, yes, I am. Absolutely. Yes, I'm living that out. But that is not what is happening in a lot of our lives. That's not how we're living out our lives. We need to live, my friends, we need to be living with reckless faith, with relentless passion. We need to be living that way with, with, an, with an understanding that God has an eternal plan for our lives. We need to unleash that power, the power of our brokenness, and reclaim our true identity. See, that is the problem. What's happened here is, this is why we've, we've done this series, that you go through this brokenness, you go through these scars, and they change your identity, and not for the better. You become more controlling. You have to control your environment because your brokenness has taught you that when you are out of control, these things happen. And now that you're an adult and you're in control, they will never happen again. So I have to control my environment, everyone in my environment, and your personality has changed. That's not who you are. It's who you've become. But that is affecting you in a negative way in your relationships. But you can't let it go because if you let it go, you, you remember that brokenness is affecting you so much. And if you let those negative traits and personality traits go if you let that new identity go you think something else might happen and so you have to be the way you are no you don't no you don't that is not who you are and god is saying to you you need to unleash that brokenness you need to unleash the power of brokenness and reclaim your true identity use the brokenness use the scars to become the person that god has created you to be and reclaim the person that, who he's, that he's created you to be. Do not allow those things to steal from you any longer. Do not allow those things to negatively shape you any longer. Listen to me. Don't, do not, do not miss another minute of your life believing the lie that your dreams are unattainable, that the things that we're talking about this morning are unattainable, that the change in your personality cannot come, that the things you want for yourself are unattainable. Stop believing that lie. Don't believe it for one more minute. That is over here this morning. Let that go. Let it go. I love this quote, this quote by Thoreau. He says, I want to live deep and suck all the marrow out of life. I want to seize life by the throat and not let go. I want to seize life by the throat and not let go. That's the kind of life we should be desiring to live, to seize life by the throat and not let go. That is what you were born to do. That is how you were born to live. Again, it may just be saying, you know what? I need, I want, I desire to be a better mom. I desire to, to impact the lives of my children. That is my dream. That is, my, that is a phenomenal dream. That is worthy of your life to impact the life of one other person. And you will see as time goes on how they change. And then you will, you will see from eternity how that life has affected other lives and your life will be worthwhile and worth living. That is worth. 
that, that, that one dream is worth all that we're talking about today, but we need to seize life. And he says to, he, want, he wants to suck all the marrow out of life and seize it. You know, over the past six weeks, we've been talking about how to do that, how to live our lives, how to, how to, to, to take our brokenness and live in the power of our brokenness. And I want to I please ask you to go back and go out after the service and pick up this, the, the CDs from the last five weeks. If you've missed any of them, go back and, 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 and listen to those again because they'll explain how to do what we're talking about this morning. Because this morning, my goal is to motivate you this morning to step up and to apply what you have learned and to take your life back. To take back what belongs to you. So get those sermons from the past few weeks, listen to them again, and as you leave this place, say, I'm going to apply these things to my life. I'm going to take back what belongs to me. I'm going to reclaim, and I'm going to recapture, and I'm going to restore what was lost or stolen from me. That is the goal. Take it back. It belongs to you. The life you once lived is now over. It is over. You know why? Because God wants to do a new thing in your life. God wants to do something new. He wants to do a new thing so that old life is now over. And you, you look at your life and you look at what you've become because of what you've been through and you look at the things that are negative and you look at things that are negatively affecting you and you say to God, God, as hard as it is, I want you to work on those areas of my life. I want you to restore me into the person that you've created me to be. And it may take you years, but you know what? It's a journey worth taking. It's a painful journey that is worth taking because at the end of the day, you will be restored and renewed. God's going to do a new thing in your life. As God said to his people in Exodus, I want to say to you this morning, because so many of you are, when I say that, you become fearful. And this is what God said to his people in Exodus. He said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. Take life by the throat. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. God will deliver you. Do not be afraid, stand firm. And God will be the one who does it in your life. God will be the one who delivers you today. Your brokenness, my friends, will be healed. Your brokenness will be healed. The chains that are binding you will be loosed and you will be set free. Maybe for the first time in years. Maybe for the first time in as long as you can remember. We go back to the first Sunday. If you remember back to the first Sunday, we talked about feeling like grasshoppers. Ah, oh, we feel like grasshoppers sometimes. When you think about the giants in your life, the giants being all the things that we're discussing here this morning, we discussed over the last five weeks. When you think about the giants in your life this morning, it, it, it creates a feeling of smallness, of weakness. We feel like victims sometimes because of the decisions that we've made made over the years and the choices that other people have made. And, and, and we feel that way and we feel, Lord God, we, we've made some difficult decisions. And because of that, we, just, we, we, we are feeling empty. We're feeling bankrupt physically, emotionally, and spiritually because of the, the events that have happened in our lives. You've been living in, in bondage to your brokenness for years, but now God is calling you from brokenness 
from being broken to boldness. God is calling you this morning, right now, from brokenness to boldness. Why? Because you have the the God of the universe who is standing by your side. He's calling you, listen to this, he's calling you to reclaim, to claim, to actually claim your birthright. Do you understand who you are? You're a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You're a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You've been adopted into the family of God. You have a birthright, and God is saying, you need to claim your birthright. You need to embrace his healing. God wants to heal you, and God can heal you, and God is saying, you need to embrace my healing. You need to accept my my promises and my gifts for your life. You need to receive and accept those things. Stop standing back and saying, God, you can't use me. How can God put anything in your hands if you're wringing them all the time? If you've closed them because you're making fists out of frustration or you're wringing your hands, how is God going to put anything in your hands? You know how you have to live your life just like this? You've got to open up your hands and say, God, my hands are open. Put things, put those things in my hand. I want to receive your promises. You receive things by opening up your hands. Who receives gifts like this? Who receives anything like this? You receive them like this. In acts of worship and saying, God, I worship you. My hands are open to receive whatever you have for me. Give me your gifts. Give me your promises. And God has a promise. In Joel 2.25, here's what he says. He says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. Come on with that. Come on with that. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. What have the locusts eaten in your life? What has been eaten away in your life? What has been, you know what I'm talking about here. You know what I'm talking about. What has been taken from you? What has been stolen from you? What have the locusts eaten? How how many years have you lost, my friends, in worry and stress and anger and fear and bitterness and guilt and pain? And sorrow, how many years have you given up to those things? Because something has happened in your lives, and those are the things that dictate your destiny. Those are the things you think about most often. God says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. Did you hear that? I will repay you. That is a promise, and that is the power of brokenness. That is the power of brokenness, that God says, I can take dead things and bring them back to life. I can use your weaknesses. I can take tragedy and turn it into triumph. That is the power of brokenness. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. We, my friends, we are not grasshoppers. We are not grasshoppers. We are not victims here this morning. There's no victims in this room. We shouldn't live our lives as victims. We are not victims. We are not grasshoppers. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. I belong to God. You belong to God. No one, no one has captivated you or captured you beyond what God can restore. You are a royal priesthood. That's what the Bible says you are a holy nation that's what the bible says you are a person who belongs to god i belong to god god hasn't given me away god still owns me and god is my master and my master can still use me regardless of what others have done in my life regardless of the decisions i've made on my own god can still use me i am not 
This is not the end. The enemy, my friends, will not have the final say. This event, that event in your life, will not be the last chapter in the book, in the chapters of your book. This, this will not be the last chapter of your life. Those harsh words, those cruel words will not be the final word. They will not be. God has other things to say to you. Someone said to you, you're worthless. You're, you, you, have, you are just, you're nothing. You, you, the, whatever words they were, my friends, they will, that you've been living those, you haven't been, you haven't been living out the word. You've been living out those words. Those are the words you live out every day. You don't live out this word and God says, this is the last word. My word is the last word, not those words you heard when you were four or six or 10 or 18 or 22 or right when you were first married or whatever the case may be. Those aren't the final words. This is the final word. And that's what God says. We are not victims. We are not grasshoppers. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Listen to me. The darkness may have fallen on your life in the past, but Psalm 30 verse 5 tells me this. It reminds me of this. It promises me this. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Darkness may have fallen in your life one day. Darkness may have fallen in your life over a period of time in different events in your life. But Psalm 30 verse 5 promises me that joy comes in the morning. That is the truth. Joy comes in the morning. I want you to say that with me, okay? Joy comes in the morning. I want you to say it like you actually mean it this time. Joy comes in the morning. And today, this day is that morning. This is that morning for you, okay? This is the morning for you. We're going to unleash each other on this world. Before we can do that, we've got to take back what belongs to us. You belong to God. I wish I could live and look at every single one of your eyes and tell you, you belong to God. You belong to Him. You belong to no one else. He will dictate the destiny and direction of your life. Just give it over to Him. There is power in brokenness. We can succeed with our scars. Why? Because joy comes in the morning. And today, today, today is that morning. Bow your heads with me. And here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do this morning. If you believe, if you believe that joy comes in the morning, if you believe that truth, I want you to stand up with me. I want you to stand with me. Stand up and claim that truth. And only if you believe it, though. Don't just follow anybody else. If you believe that joy comes in the morning, that God can use you, and everything I've said this morning is true, then stand up in defiance of what you've heard all your life and claim that truth. Hold the hands of the person next to you. Hold your hands. Let's just pray together. Father God, oh, Father God, we pray that we would commit to change this morning. We want to commit to change. We want to commit to transformation. And that means getting in a small group, Lord God, in the church. Something as simple as that to allow us to connect with people who will support us in the needs that we have, Lord God. Allow us to do that. Maybe we need to begin to serve in some way so that we can see and experience the gifts that you have given us and so that you can show us who we truly are, our true identity. Allow us to do that, Lord.
God, put someone in our lives, a strong Christian in our lives, who we can share with, who we can walk through our brokenness with, so you can restore and renew and refresh and do a new thing in our lives. Lord God, set us free to be used by you, we pray. Set us free, we pray in Jesus' name. I'm trading my sorrow.